Welcome to For the Record, in which we take one new album at a time and get into an in-depth discussion about it. We're now on BFFFM Thursdays at 9.30 a.m., or you can subscribe to the podcast at fortherecordpodcast.com. So however you're getting here, we're glad you're here. Um, this week, we're talking about the Spider Bags album Frozen Letter, which is their fourth studio album, but their first on Merge Records, which is how it came to my attention. They were a band that I had a vague awareness that people whose opinion I trusted said they were good, never got around to them. So I was really happy to sit down and listen to this album. And it's an album that quite charmingly starts with a very straightforward promise. You know again with you in the world and the part that we faded out on there was this sax solo that i think exemplifies what i really was want to say about the album or what i came away with which is at first listen it comes across as this sort of predictable garage rock surf rock psych kind of record that you know i kind of feel like it's a sound that i've heard before but then when you listen to it and it really rewards repeated listens because there's a lot of interesting instrumentation and tempo changes and in particular on that song they get comes with in with an even tempo for most of the song and then when you come to the sax solo the drums slow way down and you're not really sure if it's fading out or what's happening and then it picks back up again and it's just kind of something that keeps your attention yeah definitely i think the the sign of a good album is that it rewards repeat visits and this album definitely did that i think we just listened to that track immediately before recording this podcast and i hear new things i heard you know that this is an opening statement of i'll always be honest it seems so straightforward and underneath that is just the guitar texture it's not up front it's not showy but it's virtuosic and i love the fact that they try so hard to make this seem really casual and tossed off. And apparently it was recorded in like three days. And then in, you know, it, a lot of the intros and the outros to songs, you hear them like chatting and joking around and it's, it's, they clearly intended for it to sound very off the cuff. But as, as you said, it, it kind of, um, you know, if you listen closely, there's a lot of really great musicianship going on in there. So I think definitely, yeah, establishing that balance between the just really tight, like you've got to be a super tight band to sound this loose and still sound good. And so, yeah, I think it's a great sort of, I, the role of a first track is to you know be a statement of purpose, a kind of a mission statement. And they, they really have that here, hey, unexpected depths. And I think, and that kind of doesn't really pay off. I think they 
for the first few tracks, I think it doesn't really show its hand, but I think it starts to actually with the fourth track, which is the only cover on the album, which I think, again, I think raises, you know, you, you've sort of been lulled into the sense of like, oh, this is just stuff I heard before. It's some garage sounds, some different sound, a little country-ish or a little more surfy or just a little more down the middle garage. But then the first or this only cover is says, hey, maybe we shouldn't be looking to the past. And uh, it's a nice alternate mission statement. So that's the only covers. Fourth track, sum- Summer of 79. this you know on an album that has so much of a traditional sound running throughout that there's this song that the cover is about hey why are you trying to venerate this sound from the 70s you weren't alive what you know let's let's move beyond that um and at the same time i think i like that message i think this song in particular there's just these little moments in it and i and i think that really throughout the album I, I love the balance between these songs that have a, a soaring arc and that at the same time, there's just these little kind of moments that are just, I find so appealing. The uh, There's a cowbell on the bridge here and it should be cheesy. It shouldn't work. It totally works. It's absolutely charmed me. The end of the song just ends with kind of howling and all the instruments drop out and it's just howling. And that kind of goes along with, and we'll talk about it later, but in Walking Bubble, there's like a harpsichord at the beginning that sounds, that shouldn't work, but it does. Yeah, totally. So, and so I think that that this, that to come out of this first, and this is pretty much the first four songs, I think really are very backward looking. And then we end with this song saying, hey, being, looking backwards is maybe not the be all and end all of your musical goals. And it also bookends, you know, talking about the first four songs as a block, it almost sounds like there's an A side and a B side to this. But actually, when I looked on the merge website, the LP has the fifth track, uh, Coffin Car, which is seems like it should go on the B side. But we have these the what I consider the A side, which are these first four tracks, which you would call barn burners, maybe that are very up tempo and very high energy, lots of hooks. So in with that batch, we also have the first single off the album, which is Japanese Vacation. And that's also in the vein of the very up tempo rockin' tracks. Yeah. 
That's such a catchy track. And I think it provides a really good jumping off point to talk about one of the themes that grabbed me about the album, which is the lyrics, which are very, uh, very abstract, but they have this kind of ominous. They're, they're at the same time, very kind of ominous and weird and also very specific and concrete. And so, for example, in that song we get the spider calling across the wall of course and then some of the other lyrics are like voices down an empty hall and then a desk at home that's made of human bones and the one image that i really like which is how the raindrops feel to a swimming pool which is a great image and and so there's this kind of mix at the beginning of these very catchy up tempo songs mixed with these kind of lyrics that are a little bit off-putting in a way and then as we go over to side B of the album where you get the, the more psych jams and the more slow tempo songs, the lyrics get even weirder. And the feeling that I got when listening to this album was that it's kind of like when you get to know someone. And at first, everybody seems very like pleasant and funny and normal. And then as you get to know them, all their weirdness comes out and their fears and their insecurities. And, you know, you kind of get under the surface a little bit. And that's I've, how I felt... I was experiencing the album as it goes moves through the eight tracks. Yeah, I, I think it's uh it's really something because again this is the second track and the first track uh, he's talking about yeah I'll be I'm gonna be honest with you and I'll be back tomorrow and then he's oh I'm on Japanese vacation and I'm kind of freaking out a little bit and remembering that I have a lot of baggage back home and you know baggage you have in a relationship or and throughout this even though you know you're saying you're focused on the lyrics but I'm just blown away by just this really just tight guitar work yeah it's really and it's great. just yeah that they they're able to get this loosey-goosey mood with just really sharp instrumentation throughout and it's uh, it just blew and again it just it rewards repeat listenings this track is so short and there's still a lot going on it's barely over two minutes and there's still so much depth i totally understand why they made it the single you know i think we're gonna be talking about all the four first four tracks because i think we start to i think break things open a little bit, but also the lyrics move down a little bit in the mix in this third track, Chemtrails. Chemtrails. Chemtrails, yeah. If you don't know what chemtrails are, Google it. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's definitely, yeah, the sort of conspiratorial. (laughs) And again, even just the title of it is this sort of puts you on edge. And then the actual song is so fuzzed out that I I have to say that on repeat listens, I'm still not sure what they're singing about in the song other than that it sounds amazing. So we'll hear some of that. And just this is sort of the direction the the album is moving and, and really... Uh, again, opening up the palette.
So that kind of psych jam out for Shadows, what happens later in the album when we get a lot more of that and the fuzzed out tone too starts coming in a lot more. What's amazing is that this track is under three minutes and it still manages to breathe so much and introduce like I think some really fun instrumentation. Like it's, I just love the pew, pew sounds and melodic drumming. I'm a sucker for that. Uh, just really a fun track and you know, a catchy song about conspiracies and chemtrails and radio waves. I, I love it. And you know, speaking of lyrics, I think this is an album. Uh, I'm always a sucker for an album where the title of the album is not a song. There's not a song. There's not a title song, but instead it's from drawn from lyrics. Yeah. And that's the next song that we're going to talk about, which comes in now. It's the fifth song on the album and on the LP it's side. It's the end of side a, and it's the one where the tone shifts abruptly and that there's a reference to, I saw a frozen letter on the ground and I tried to pick it up, but I fell down. And um, that's where the title of the album comes from. And this is just a song where the tone shifts completely. We get slowed way down. We get a lot of really weird imagery, which we'll just let you listen to here. I found a frozen letter Poking from the ground Bent and tried to touch it But I fell down Shiny smokestack smoking Comes into view Shining smokestack smoking Only for If there's, you know, I'm, I'm really happy we're talking about this album. I really enjoyed listening to it, but it does sort of defy the format here where we play a clip and talk about it because, you know, I think what we heard, we definitely introduced a lot of the musical ideas, you know, the basic verses, the basic instrumental ideas, musical ideas, some of the odd instrumentation, that weird sort of, you could barely hear it there, but there's a little kind of ufo sound yeah and talking about rewarding repeated listens that i've listened to that track multiple times and 
when we played it just now, when we were about to talk about it, was the first time I heard that. Yeah, it's great. Because, yeah, it comes up much more prominently later. And that's the thing with this track is it's six and a half minutes and it really breathes. I think more so, I think it's, just, it's the longest track. And I think it tries, it doesn't try very hard. It's very, it's, I think, easygoing in its way of, I think there's a lot of open space in it and that it lets these different ideas breathe. So then the UFO kind of comes out to play and then and then there's a lot of heavier guitar and then some you know just repeated you know vocal mantras almost i i think i'm coming down i think i'm coming down i think i'm coming down and then again some more spare spacey time just and then triumphantly tired over your love tired over your love and these are kind of not very feel good messages but uh that these are repeated and also so the way that, you know, the tired over your love part kind of demonstrates how a lot of these songs and like you were saying, it's tough to take one snippet because a lot of the songs have a lot of changes over the course where they completely change tempo and change tone. And, you know, the bit we played was very kind of quiet and contemplative. And then it's goes into this jam out like I'm tired over your love. That was I will. N- I promise I will never again attempt to sing on the show. But don't make promises you can't keep. <laughs> But, um, you know, there's just each song has a lot of ideas and a lot of different parts thrown in. And so we go from the kind of jam out end of that song into another track that exemplifies that really well, which is called Walking Bubble. And it starts with at least a minute and a half of this finger picking. And I think it's a harpsichord so long that I thought it was going to be an instrumental track. So we start out with that, and then after about two minutes, then we go into the meat of the song. If I were a giant soar floating in the sky above, taking good things from the poor, fitting in just like a glove, knowing what they did next door, a walking bubble to ignore, would you ever need my love? Would you ever need my love? I'm looking at an x-ray of my teeth I'm looking at an x-ray of my teeth Why trust the morning to the sky? Is there good reason I should ever trust the sky? When you use an automated teller, you make the shop girl cry. The narrative arc of this song. I feel like it starts in this place that's very ethereal and very, very pretty. The string instrumental, and it it doesn't really seem to make 
fit necessarily. And then I think the entire song is this kind of stripping away where we start in the sort of ethereal place and then we come down to someone's kind of very poetic descriptions of a lot of insecurity, relationship and otherwise. And then that gets stripped away and then you're just down to the really concrete socioeconomic status of a community that a guy's just trying to get by in. And it has a lot of the lyrical imagery that I like throughout the album, which is that's one of my favorite little stanzas is in the town I live, the Lord is risen. There aren't many jobs unless you're working for the prison. It's clever and it's, but it is also in a, in a, I think in the album, there is so much that isn't concrete and it really stands out. It's like, oh, this is just a completely clear description of a real world situation without really a lot of metaphor necessarily. But yeah, that I like that flow that we get to someplace very concrete and then we keep going and we get to just flesh on top, bone beneath that it's like when it comes down to where people were just we're just animals trying to get by in this world and i love that just stripping down and just taking something down to its bare essentials mm -hmm. it uh yeah, the song really works for me so then after that there's one more track at the very end which we won't talk about but i feel like the penultimate track is where it really brings together the themes of the album and we like to sort of end on a song that tends to bring together what we've been talking about and so that that one in this case is a song called we've got problems and this is it kind of completes the arc that i talked about at the beginning where it's sort of like getting to know a person where it starts out with this very up-tempo like i'll always be honest with you blah 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 and then ends with we've got problems and it sounds from the content of the song that those problems may be pretty serious so it's the arc of getting to know someone and also maybe the arc of you know the of relationship kind of going through the, its different stages and i will also note that on this track we have mac mccon of super chunk who's also the founder of merge records does some lead guitar playing and i love him so i'm predisposed to like this track yeah, and before you told me that, I was not aware of that fact, but I do really like this track. I think it was, my, I, for me, the strongest on the album. And knowing that Mac was on it. Okay, that's just one more reason to explain why it was so good. And I just have to throw out there, I, I played it beforehand, before we started recording the podcast, to get a, a second take on it. And I don't think maybe there was agreement here in the room. But I kept hearing Camper Van Beethoven's When I Win the Lottery. He's really channeling David Lowry in his tone his tone of voice and the way he pronounces things and then the beat but i don't know maybe not there, there's some i think there's some similarity there i, I was maybe not as blown away by the uh, parallels but definitely it was interesting to hear them together but we'll pa pass on that today but uh you know i i really this track i think also it's these this pair of tracks of walking bubble and we've got problems are such a great pair because we're at this point and that walking bubble was this stripping down where we're starting with I'm kind of being torn down to my essence, going through all of my problems. And then we come into this track, which really starts as like, oh, I'm kind of, we got problems. They're concrete. I'm poor, kind of struggling in it. Better to be in a ditch than to be rich. You know, he's trying to work, deal with the situation. It gets more and more abstract. Uh, you know, he talks about trying his hopes to a tree and sinking them to the bottom at one point, And it's almost apocalyptic. But at the same time, he also, I think he tosses that desk from earlier. And I think he tosses it into the fire, which is maybe a good thing since a desk made of bones. And in keeping with the lyrical content, the, t the tone of the music is also very kind of dark and brooding. Yeah, I, I think it's dark and brooding. Yeah, it's, it's very minor key, very uh, slow. But I think what I really like about this is, you know, I, I think I talked about on Coffin Car that, you know, he introduces some ideas and then the, the song, over the song, the, those ideas breathe. And I really feel like this one, you know, there, there's kind of this spark in Coffin Car and it just kind of 
peters out. And I think in this song, there's this spark and it catches fire and really explodes in this way that's really powerful. And it's quite something. So we'll go out on that. This is We've Got Problems and we've been listening to Frozen Letter by Spider Bag. So thank you so much for listening. 